Hey friend, thanks so much for stopping by for some community time around the fire pit. I've got some Tennessee white oak going. I'm going to run inside and get us both a cup of joe. Well, you're listening to Quad Dot Rocks, God, the World, and Other Things. I'm Kenny Price, your host. Our mission, you've got it, advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. Well, as I was thinking about preparing this podcast, I realized that the opening to the show invites you to join me around a warm fire pit with blazing Tennessee white oak. And perhaps right now, here, this is August 7th that I'm recording this podcast, that uh, some of our states are in the midst of intense drought. Talking to friends in Arkansas, they said the grass is like walking on straw. You can hear it crack under your feet. Tennessee, we're doing verdant. We're green. We've had rain. Things are great. Great temperatures compared to a lot of the rest of the United States. But anyway, the point I'm trying to get across with the opening of the show is to evoke a sense of community to evoke a sense of coming together in close fellowship. And even though this is through the miracle of sound recording and you're hearing this uh, delayed, it's uh, contained, but yet, friend, through the power of the Holy Spirit, I absolutely believe that we can come together through these mediums and enjoy fellowship in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's in Him that we live and move and have our our being not our breathing, actually our breathing too. But I'm wanting to point out the fact that if you want to get a visual image of what I think of as I do these recordings, it centers around the concept of the Ingle Nook, I-N-G-L-E-N-O-O-K. And I've got a couple of links in the show notes that will tie you to two things. A modern Ingle Nook featured on the website Houses, I think that's how you say it, H-O-U-Z-Z dot com, but then also a Google link for images for the green and green Ingle Nooks that were included in the arts and crafts movement homes that they uh, did such a marvelous job, uh, some of the best architecture in the United States. It harkens back to concepts from Europe and the small cottages, but let me read the Ingle Nook is uh, by definition, um, let me get to it here. An ingle nook is a large recess in the wall featuring a fireplace. Whereas a chimney usually protrudes into a room, an ingle nook is a type of walk-in chimney with a recess at its rear. This recess, which usually houses the flue or chimney and extends wider than a standard chimney so as to create walk-in alcoves. And it had an indention to where you could actually have a couple of seats perhaps to where under this uh, enclosure, the fireplace and some seating, a lot of times just two kind of benches on either side. But what it really harkens back to is a time long before television, long before electricity to where people would come around the fire closely at night and enjoy fellowship, play games, sing songs, and have camaraderie, have community, have family. And so with these podcasts, that's what I want to achieve is that sense of a feeling of gathering around the Ingle Nook. And so I hope you can catch that drift. Click on the show links and you'll see some images uh, to really give you a visual representation of what I'm attempting to do with these podcasts. But this is episode 229, the title Reality check, Satan hinders us, 
This is out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 17 and 18. The subtitle, Evidence We Are On The Right Side, The Evidence That We're On God's Side. We need a healthy reality check and pause for a moment to remember that since the first hour in which goodness came into conflict with evil, it has never ceased to be true in the spiritual experience that Satan hinders us. The Apostle Paul, in his first letter to the church in Thessalonica, which was a prominent city in northern Greece, which today is known as Thessaloniki, he wrote in chapter 2, verses 17 and 18, But as for us, brothers and sisters, after we were forced to leave you for a short time, in person, not in heart, we greatly desired and made every effort to return and see you face to face. So we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again, but Satan hindered us. From all points of the compass, all along the line of battle, in the vanguard and in the rear, at the dawn of day and in the midnight hour, Satan hinders us. If we toil in the field, he seeks to break the plowshare, the main cutting blade of the plow, that part of the farm tractor which breaks up the soil. If we build the wall, he labors to cast down the stones. If we would serve God in suffering or in conflict, everywhere Satan hinders us. He hinders us when we are first coming to Jesus Christ. Fierce conflicts we had with Satan when we first looked to the cross and lived. Now that we're saved, he endeavors to hinder the completeness of our personal character. You may be congratulating yourself. I have previously walked consistently. No man can challenge my integrity. But my friend, beware of boasting, for your virtue will yet be tried. Satan will direct his engines against that very virtue for which you are the most famous. In other words, all of his weapons of war. If you have been previously a firm believer, your faith will before long be attacked. If you have been meek as Moses, expect to be tempted to speak rashly with your lips. We must be on our guard for the provocation and be prepared to not allow the encounter to spike our adrenaline. The birds will peck at your ripest fruit, and the ravenous wolf will dash his fangs at your choicest meats. This is the way it is. We need to prepare for it. Satan is sure to hinder us when we are devout in prayer, because prayer connects with the heart of God and the mind of God. God is ours and his master, and folks, we never need to forget that. We should always remember that God is our master, but yet God is still the master of Satan. He seeks to obstruct our dedicated persistence and weakens our faith in order that, if possible, we may miss the blessing. And dear friend, God wants so much to bless us in our lives. And in order to do that, we have to maintain our focus and realize that these attacks will come and that the desire of Satan is to obstruct our dedicated persistence and weaken our faith in order that, if possible, we may miss the blessing. Satan is just as relentlessly vigilant in obstructing Christian effort. There has never been a revival of religion without a revival of his opposition. As soon as Ezra and Nehemiah began to work to restore Israel both physically and spiritually, Sanballat and Tobiah moved into action to hinder them at every point. At this moment in history, there is conflict and turmoil the world over, arising most from rogue governments who have become hostile toward their own citizens. We initially interpret these actions as desperately injurious things, yet it could be it is a weak and errant mind 
rising up to challenge a spiritual onslaught of righteousness that is at work revealing the corruptness of the core and getting ready to disrupt its effectiveness to continue the disruptions of intrusive, overreaching abuse. Now, that's a pretty complex statement I just made there, but follow with me. It could be that what we are seeing is a weak and errant mind rising up to challenge a spiritual onslaught of righteousness that is at work revealing the corruptness of the core and getting ready to disrupt its effectiveness to continue the disruptions of intrusive, overreaching abuse. In other words, we may be misreading the symptoms and misdiagnosing what is actually happening. This one thing I know, this is our Father's world, and He is absolutely in control, and He is moving into overt action. The opposition from Satan and his cronies is severe and relentless. So what then? My friend, this is what we'll do. We'll determine to not be alarmed because Satan hinders us, for it's proof that we are on the Lord's side and are doing the Lord's work, and in His strength we shall win the victory and triumph over our adversary. And with that, my friend, I bid you peace.